The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. I am super excited to have you here today on the Everyday Peace Show because, as you know, we focus on peace. Peace meaning wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. Just think about how what your life would look like, what your day would look like if we operated from that space. Peace every day. Well, I'm here to tell you that, yes, you can do it. Yes, it's available to you. And yes, there is a team of people working towards the collective cause of living a life of peace every day. I happen to be one of them. And I bring guests on this show who share our common goal of being everyday peacemakers. Today, we are fortunate to have with us Bishop Godwin Dixon, who is um, fascinating in the work that he's doing and the work that he's endeavoring to do, um, not only in America, but as we're here about today in um, Africa as well. Bishop Goodwin. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Drayvon James. I'm so I'm excited. Glad. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm so glad that you invited me you know, on your show. Yes, I'm happy to have you. You know, when I heard about your work, which is missions, so we're going to get into all of that. And I heard about, you know, you're, you're going to do missions work. I've always been fascinated by, by missions work and people who endeavor to uh, support uh, the word of God in that way. But your story intrigued me because you are initially from Nigeria, living in America. Is that correct? Uh, yes, please. Okay. And so I want to kind of like start in the beginning because it's fascinating. You're going back to Nigeria. I'm jumping ahead a little bit. It's fascinating to me because you're going back to Nigeria to pursue this missions work. But let's start at the very beginning of, um, you know, what brought you to the States? How long you've been here? Just give us a little bio about you and, and uh, your journey to the States. And then we'll, we'll pick up to where you're going and what you're doing. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, the Lord brought my wife and I to the United States of America about uh, 41 years ago. And it was very, very uh, attractive because uh, I was wondering that how can, I, how can I be able to come to America? America is like a, another, a, another planet, you know, put in, 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 the, in or the first planet. But God brought us to go to Bible Park. Uh, Institute, first of all, in Dallas, Texas, and later on, we graduated from there, and then the Lord moved us to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to uh, attend uh, our Roberts University, where we got our individual degree, you know. But God put upon our hearts to come here to get the training, and then later on, go back to Nigeria. And you know, sometimes we human beings, we love to stay in our comfort zone. A comfort zone is a place where you don't have fear of any eventuality, anything that may want to change your lifestyle, 
But God said, I did not send you to come uh, to America to be in a comfort zone, but to get your training and be able to go back to Nigeria. And that's wow. what is happening. Yes. And I want to just stop you because, you know, when you said that, I think of 40 years in the wilderness from the Bible, yes. right? You, you know, how long was that journey supposed to take? A couple of days and it ended up being 40 years. And so 41 years ago, you and your wife uh, sojourned to the United States to attend Bible college. With the intent, so you came here 41 years ago, and your intent was to get the education and then go back to Africa, yes. back to Nigeria. What exactly. happened? Well, like I said, you know, the attraction, the glamour that every human being outside of the United States see on TV, you know, will make you to want to stay in America after you got your degrees. But we didn't do that. Especially, I became disobedient, and the Lord told me, "You cannot continue to live here. You have to go home." God, but sometimes we, we become very lustful, lustful after the materialistic things that you experience in America that you don't have in your country. And because of that, God said, "I have to make you go back home and begin to work in my vineyard." My vineyard is suffering too much of uh, bushes and everything. Nobody wants to clear the ground. And the Lord spoke to me. And since that time, the zeal of my father's house has consumed me to be able to go back to Nigeria and do what God wants me to do. Wow. So 41 years. And, and what I love about this, what I mean, when you say that, what I hear is that it's never too late to start. And it's always too soon to quit because someone would say, OK, well, 41 years and and I, and I won't say you were disobedient to the Lord. I, dare I say that because you're here, you have the the, the, the uh, divinity, uh, you're a bishop here. So you're doing the Lord's work here. It's just that you you believe and your wife believe that you, the Lord sent you to the states to, to obtain this education and then take it back to your homeland. And you were delinquent in that you you stayed for for, for 41 years so how right so and that and that excites me because right there what i hear from myself and i hope our listeners get this is that you know you could have you could have just said hey i i've missed the mark i've missed the mark i've been 41 years um uh, disobedient and it's just too late I'm not going to do it i'm not you know i just have to say give me another plan god but you said, no, I, 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 41 years, I, I didn't obey, I didn't do, but I've now decided to about face and follow. What, how do you get to that decision? What, what, what was, uh, why was year 41 the magic year to make that decision? Exactly. Uh, looking at my age, uh, uh, Dr. Draven, I, 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 I wonder how, why would God decide to use me at, at the age of 70? This, this October. But what is so amazing, God, we must understand that God is a God of, of mercy. He's a God of compassion. God does not go by your age. God does not go by your failure. God works on his own program. The program that he has has to capture, captivate you as a human being that he's going to use. I argue with God, and God told me, I love you. I didn't have to continue to, you know, call you or chase you, but I could use other people, but because you are special to me, 
and God had to do a work in my heart, even though I've known the Lord Jesus Christ close to 50 years of age, not quite 50, but God had to do another type of uh, surgery on my heart. He put the love of Nigeria in my heart. I already ruled out Nigeria. I don't want to go back there. Life is too hard. And God said, I'm going to turn your stony heart into a heart of flesh so that when you, when I give you the vision, when I renew the vision, you'll be able to go with gladness. Right now, I am very excited. I've met a lot of people, including you, and they are ready to support or you know, encourage me. And I'm looking forward to when I will leave this country to do the work of God. It's, it's the love. God has to, you have to love somebody in order to get your success. If there is no love in your heart, you're telling somebody about Jesus Christ is wasteful. You have to be right. able to love the person and be able to see the result. I, I totally agree with that. But I go back to this, you know, staying in the comfort zone. That's something that we hear a lot about. I can remember being very young and someone saying, or maybe, you know, I remember reading a book. Actually, it wasn't someone said this to me, that um, to challenge yourself every day to move out of your comfort zone. I've lived by that um, a lot of my life is that to look for these areas where I found myself to be um, a bit fearful of and to try to face that head on. And what I've come to realize, you know, is that there is, you know, certain degrees of the of the comfort zone. We don't want to put ourselves in a position where we are totally miserable for the sake of being miserable. But um, so I'm not saying that that would be the case. You know, you're traveling backwards, back back home, not backwards, but back home. But staying in the comfort zone. You said staying in America provided a comfort zone. In all the 41 years that you were staying in America, did you have the? Did you, were you staying with the sense of guilt, or did? Did you kind of like put it aside and then one day the vision was re-sparked in you? Yeah. Uh, the, the particular one, uh, I am, I am, I don't know, I'm going to, I'm going to try to explain it the way the Lord put it in my heart. My comfort zone being in America has been a time of blessing. But God mm-hmm. says much more than that. I want to do much. I want to put you in my comfort zone not the one you've chosen for yourself. I chose right. America right. to remain here. Everything is comfortable to, my, to our living compared to what we were experiencing in Nigeria. In America, people are ready to help you. People are very kind towards you. And I said, I choose this over what God chose for me. And that was the turning point in my life. The mm-hmm. turning point that Comfort zone is not it's not necessary, it's not bad it's not bad but we abuse our comfort zone and forget the original calling that God has given to us just just like uh, Jonah was running away from God I, I'm I'm kind of like a modern day Jonah run, running away from God and God had to capture him and throw him inside the, the belly of a whale and then the whale came to the shore and vomit him out to go and minister to the people in Nineveh. But God had another thing in mind. Jonah didn't want to go. Jonah hated the, the, the Ninevites, you know, because they, don't, they do not like the, uh, the Jewish people. They did not like the, the people of Israel. So he, he wasn't until God turned his heart around. And that is the way I feel. The purpose 
of knowing God is not based upon how much you go to church or sing unto God. What God wants to see is your heart. Your heart has to be circumcised for you to know why you worship God, why you have to leave your comfort zone and go to where God wants you to be, his own comfort zone. Right, right, right. So, yeah, and that—that that is the thing I think was one of the things that was very much impressive to me when you were, when we met and you were telling me the story about that and the fact that you were going back home to do missions work. Yes. The talk. To, yeah. So let's talk. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about this. You know, the missions work that you plan to do. What part of Nigeria are, will you be going to? And and we talked about this term church planting, which I think is very, very exciting. Um, but what part of Nigeria are you, are you going to, and what, what will this missions work look like when you get there? I'm, I, I am so excited. I'm about jumping out of my chair because of what the Holy Spirit is giving to me to explain. The, the, what God has specifically uh, mentioned, I mean, spoken to me about three things specifically. He said, I want you to go back to my vineyard. The vineyard is uh, Nigeria. And then he specifically told me, he gave me the name, Benin City. And uh, funny enough, Benin City is the place where my wife was born. Ah, and Benin city. city. Yeah, Benin City. Is, if you check, if you Google, you'll see it. It's a city of historical proportion. I mean, we're talking about this city has always existed for over a thousand years. And there are so many artifacts that have been extracted from Benin City to overseas where they are kept there. But the thing is, God, I got married to my wife in Benin City. And then the Lord said, I want you to return, not to your own city, Lagos, but Benin City. That is where you give your life to me. I want you to return there and begin to do church planting. I'm going to be doing church planting. I'm going to be uh, feeding the children who have been abandoned on streets and in the public marketplace, open places, market. Our, some of our markets are open markets, like uh, you know, places where you sell uh, like fish, like uh, things that you, you, you eat every day. So these children have been abandoned, and God said, I'm putting compassion in your heart to start to get these children, my heart is heavy. That's what the Lord said to me. My heart is heavy. I want you to bring them, be an example of me. And I said, Jesus, me, you are counting me worthy to do that. I said, you are my son. I want you to go back and do the same thing. See the children, do church planted, and provide shelter, shelters for three. He didn't tell me to go and build, build cathedrals or university or college, he said, go and establish church planting. I have to establish church planting in different parts of Benin City, under, I mean, the local uh, small towns, you know, and then bring the children to you, feed them, and provide them shelter. Don't, don't tell them, have a nice life and go away. No, keep them, and I will meet your needs. And I'm so excited. I've been born at a time such as this to do this work. I know why I'm now born into the world, why I'm a human being, why I'm God when they say, at a time such as this, at the age of 70. It's amazing, it's amazing. So when you talk about church planting, that means that 
um, when you arrive in Benin City, and I hope I'm saying that correct, Benin City, uh, you will be, as a missionary, um, building churches? Yes, ma'am. That's uh-huh. what I'm going to be doing. Some of them already know me because I visited Nigeria this past September 2019. And I didn't, I didn't start to witness to anybody. But because my older sister introduced me to them. And they said, who is this big man? This, you know, man, you see your older brother? He said, my older sister said, no. He said, this is my younger brother who is a bishop. And he lives in the United States. And immediately, these people started to gravitate to us. They said, we want you back home. We want you to come back. Come and minister the real word to us. Please come. And that was the beginning of uh, the direct way God was talking to me. I have to return back to Nigeria. And church planting is, I'm going to start my, the, the church where I'm going to be you know, ministering to people first. And once that one is done, maybe a year later, I'm going to start going out of Benin City to start going to the villages and introduce myself and encourage people, and I would start to teach them how to do evangelism. Church planting is as a result of evangelism. And once you do evangelism successfully, then you see the fruits of your labor. And then the, the feeding of the children. You have to have compassion for these children on the streets with their mothers, and, I, and I, was, I cried when I saw it this past September. And then the Lord said, you're going to feed them. You see, I'm showing them to you. Feed them and also put, provide temporary shelter for them. And I'm going to continue my blessing upon you. So that is the part that um, excites me right there. And, I, and I've, I've followed some uh, missionaries throughout my time. And I know that there, you know quite a number of missionaries uh, in, in the African area, especially in mm-hmm. the Nigeria area. But you don't go, well, this is, I don't know. This is a question more than a statement. So as you move on this missions trip, will you go supported by an organization? Or how, how does that work? Because I am familiar with, you know, at the at church given to the missions and the church sending people. But if I understand, this is maybe something you feel like the Lord has called you to. And you're, you know, explain that, explain that part to me. I guess that's the part maybe our audience would be interested in if they're considering missions work. How do you, did you organize this? It, it's, 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 a, it's a vision. You see, the Lord gave me the vision years ago. About 35 years ago, that was the very first time he told me I have to return to Nigeria. And the vision had, had never left me, that desire. I've had that body in 35, and it had, it had never left me. I, I've always thought of it. But the thing is, I'm going to Nigeria as an independent missionary. I, the Lord told me, I'm going to speak to the house of people all over the world to help you. You are not going under any church organization. You are going independently because I have called you to do this work. So whatever assistance I'm going to be getting is going to be purely from, you know, supporters that will sponsor the work of God, not me, the work of God in Nigeria. And God in turn is going to bless each and every one of the people that will be helping in providing this support for the work of God to grow. To, for the work of God to grow, it has to be done by, you know, God's direction. You, I, I'm not going on my own, but God is directing me to do it. 
And that is right there. And I know you you and I have had a few conversations prior to us being on the air about this event. And one of the things that I think struck me as being something that would be a point of conversation would be, you mentioned a few times about having this vision and getting this direction from God. And I know one of the things that we've talked about is this surety like what what is this voice of god how does one know not just about missions work but you know and 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 the lord is speaking at all times about all things right he's interested in what we're interested in he goes where we go but how is one to be sure that hey this is the word of god this is the not, not the word so much as in the written word but the word as it is revealed to to you in your heart saying that hey how can you be sure that this is god saying to you now is the time to go and do this missions work. And we talked about that calling. And I would love if you would share that with, with, that, with our listeners, how you know that this is the calling, this is the word of the Lord. Uh, yes, ma'am. I, I, I do know, according to the Old Testament, uh, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith is in explaining that First, you have to believe in a supreme being who you don't see, but you see his handwork on everything. And I also want to use this opportunity to let Christians know that it is not only Christians that have faith to become successful in life. Even those who don't worship God, those who don't even acknowledge the blessings of God, they develop faith. Many people that have become educated or, you know, highly educated and uh, people are, who are able to uh, discover certain things in life like medicine, like uh, manufacturing, they, they didn't believe in God, but God's power, God's love is still over everybody. Not to talk of when you are a child of God. Like I said, the just shall live by faith. What is the just? That, those that have taken time to say, God, though I don't see you, but I see your work. I hear your voice in my heart. You will know when God speaks to your heart, to your spirit. When I say heart, I'm not talking about your heart or flesh. I'm talking about the spirit, that spirit that when God breathed into Adam in the Garden of Eden, I said, as just dust on the ground. After God had uh, uh, artistically created Adam, he looked at him and he said, hmm, Something is missing. So God breathed into Adam. That is the spirit of God to communicate in time to come. So God speaks to people. You don't have to see God face to face. And you, you cannot see God. It's a spirit. And they that will worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So when God spoke to my spirit, he put it right there. He didn't let that message leave me until it is being fulfilled. So hearing by, by the word of God, is the essence of my life to know that, yet yeah, Christ is speaking to me. It's not just from my mind, not from my intellect, not from my psyche, but from the spirit of God that lives and abides in me. Yeah, I think that is so very important. It is, um, it's more than an impression. It is something that is so strong within you that, and then sometimes too, it, it can be an impression 
um, but on a matter such as this, talking about leaving countries and taking up residencies in other countries, it is something that nags at you and nags at you until you uh, obey. I can remember hearing a pastor say one time, and, and it really stuck with me in his prayer. He said, may you be disturbed in your soul until you follow the word and the leading of Christ. And I thought, oof, that's that's pretty deep yeah, that, you, yeah. that, you would, that you would accept being disturbed <laughs> so deeply in your soul until you follow. But it sounds like almost what you're saying is that, you know, this, this feeling gets on you until you, until you make this response. And so the response is, yes, I leave the comforts of, of, of the United States of which we have many. And then I return to my homeland, but not necessarily to the part of the country where you're from, which is from Lagos, which I've mm -hmm. not been to Lagos, but I've um, many friends that, live there and are from there and from what i see uh, they're much much like a new york city so <laughs> exactly you got it right <laughs> <laughs> much like yeah so but but that's not where you're going to you're going to someplace further in the countryside in a place in a little place called benin and to do really? this mission missions works which will primarily uh focus on you said children who are homeless and, and their mothers and when mm -hmm. we come back from the break i'd like to talk a little bit about this epidemic of homeless children in this place called Benin. Yes. And uh, maybe you could shed some light on the, the, us, for those of us who are here as to what is causing this epidemic of homelessness for children and their moms. We, we here in the United States do have our own um, huge homeless problem for a number of reasons. But uh, as you said, you had not seen anything to that magnitude of when you went home, the number of children who are homeless. And I, I got to just say, I, you know, the thing that really, really impresses me is that you are not um, necessarily part, well, you're not at all part of a huge organization. I've had friends who've done missions work and they go off for six months sometime, they come back and another team goes out, what have you. But you are on this endeavor, the Lord has spoken to you and you're on this endeavor and uh, are moving forward on uh, as an independent missionary. So when we come back from the break, I'd like to talk a lot about that too. Like how do you organize that and how are you funded and and um, just get into that part of the missions work because in as much as we are doing the Lord's work, um, it will, it, it does require financing. Uh, I, when I was just formulating those that sentence, I thought of this phrase from the Bible and I'm going to paraphrase it, but he says, you know, when you when you leave and go from town to town, you don't take anything with you. You know, it, it, this is Jesus giving this uh, instructions to the disciples. And so they were provided for in each location that they went to. And I think in 2020, uh, it would be very stressful, very, very stressful yeah. not to know, you know, as much as we can, as anyone can know how of the financing and how but these things you are leaning on the Lord in, which is impressive to me. So um, we will come back from this break and we will discuss all those things. You're listening to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James and the wonderful Bishop Dixon. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. We're back with uh, Bishop Dixon, and we're talking about, uh, we're picking up on the discussion. You mentioned that in 
Bedeen City, and I apologize for my poor pronunciation. Uh, there is a, a, a lot of homelessness for children, especially in their moms, which is why you really got a heart for returning there for missions. What do you think the genesis is for that, for this increase of homelessness in this particular area? Yeah, um, in, thank you very much, Dr. Draper. Um, in reading the scriptures, you know, both the uh, Old Testament and the New Testament, you find that there's a pattern with human beings. Man is a very disobedient uh, being that God created. God didn't start to create man to be disobedient, but because of the lostfulness in the heart of man. And if you look at it, God did not take his hands off. But God is so patient that he allowed man to continue to live his life until the advent of Jesus Christ coming into the world to, to, to die for us, to save us. Like in, in conversation, Jesus with, with his father, the sin was so much, the atro- atrocity was so much on earth that God was going to close the chapter and then, you know, uh, create new set of human race, you know. But the thing is that Jesus intervened for man because in the life of Jesus is love. And I may want to, I, I need to let people know, those who preach otherwise from the scripture, God is a triune God. God exists in three personalities, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. If anybody else we, we tell me or say what Bishop Dixon is saying is incorrect, that person is, 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 is a, a liar because I know that God operates in three personalities. And he doesn't, he's not forced by anybody. And then number two, I want to let people know that God deals with us not according to religion, but according to relationship. Relationship is what God is looking for, not religion. Religion will lead you astray. Religion will make you to be under law, and you, you won't be able to understand God. So in relationship. God is calling every human being to have a relationship with him. Not your religiosity, but your relationship is, 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 is a paramount thing for me to say I'm in relationship with my father, my creator. So this is what we need to know. And this is what is happening, you know, that in the year 2020, it's a new dispensation. The year 2020 begins the new dispensation because God has always been observant. He's watching everything right from the time of Adam to the time to the end time that will come later. So God wants your relationship, my relationship, so that he doesn't feel like he's in deficit, but he's in dividend. God is in, in, the, in the business of gaining what he has created that have multiplied, but not to allow the devil to claim the glory. So that is what is going on. Right. So this disobedience or the disobedience of men, you believe has led yes. to this huge homelessness issue. In, exactly. And it's and it's, and it's all cyclical. I think, you know, I agree with you in, in the saying that it is all about relationship. In fact, to quote another pastor, Pastor P.M. Smith, who um, I frequently hear him say, it's all about relationship or it ain't about nothing. And, and that is the truth. I mean, so um, this whole 
whole uh, experience from homelessness to the missions there, development of more missions there is all about relationship. I mean, are there mission missionaries in this particular area already? Are there missions I, there? Yes, actually, what is going on right now, when I became a born-again Christian, when I gave my life to Jesus, there were so many American and uh, British missionaries who went to Nigeria and started to minister. But now, the, the indigenous, the people that are born there, have now taken over from the missionaries. So missionaries are now returning back home. What they do they will come and temporarily, just for a period of time, like maybe a year, then they will go back up. They'll be called by the organization that is sponsoring them. But right now, the people that are born there are now doing the work of the ministry. Like some have been I mean, doing the work of a pastor, evangelist, teachers. Like this picture has uh, uh, enumerated that these are the people that have been called. So in my own case, I have to do what God, what I'm hearing the heart of God saying to me. I have to go there. I'm not going to do my own thing. I'm not going to try to use or to usurp authority in the land of Benin City. Benin City is a very unique city. It's a city that is ready for Jesus Christ to, to do more for it. The people are yearning. But sometimes leadership can be, you know, uh, of the track of God. So we are we are being trained, we are being called back home, not just only me, other Nigerians who have lived there for a long time, being called back home to become very useful in the hands of God. Yeah, and, and, and that is impressive to me. We talked at the very beginning of the show, talking about, you know, leaving a comfort zone and going back yeah. to, be of, to be of service, which is so very, very necessary. I wonder if you know anything about the population, like what is the size of Benin City for those of us who have not had the privilege of visiting? Like how anything, could you think of it in relative to a place here in, in the States? Like how big of an area are we talking about? population-wise? Yeah, the population, are, you see, there's always population explosion in Africa. Well, let me come take it down home in Nigeria. The population in Benin City has really, really grown larger, larger. Actually, looking at doing the extraction, the population of Nigeria is 200 million people, 200 million. And then looking at, uh, is, 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 if you put, uh, um, the state of Texas and also Alabama together, that's the size of Nigeria. And you put 200 people. So with Benin City, I cannot specifically tell you what was the population, but it's a large population. In fact, people are stepping out of Benin City to develop the little villages around in order not to be left behind by the explosion of population in Benin City. And Benin City is a very beautiful city. I mean, it's a city that I've always loved, even far better than where I come from. You know, mm -hmm. it's, 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 yes. And the, I would like to invite you, you know, to yes, come and of course. The, 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 the city. You will love it. It's a I, I, yeah. City. 
it's sound, you know, I, I am an adventurous person. I love, I love seeing beautiful places, and it sounds like this is a place I'll definitely want to add to my places to visit in the in the near future, especially since I know a bishop that will that will be there. I'm interested. Um, also, you know, missions really excites me, and uh, getting the word to people and and getting the, the good news is referred to as good news for a reason. But I wonder if you are concerned about facing any opposition to um to being a missionary in this in this area as you said you know missionaries were very big some time ago in these areas yeah. and now have dwindled down for a number of reasons but are you concerned about and i've, I've watched documentaries on um, different varying viewpoints about um, christian missionaries coming to uh, certain areas are you concerned at all about that yeah i i am concerned that the lord the Lord told me, don't let not your heart be troubled, neither be dismayed. You see, I'm not perturbed by what the enemy is trying to do. The enemy knows I'm, I'm, I'm going back to Nigeria, and he will try everything to frustrate my, my ambition to do the will of my father. I have to do the will of the one who called me, who created me. And because of that, I'm a soldier of Christ. I've got my arm on I am not... I am not moved, no shaken by the rhetoric of the enemy because I know I've been in the enemy's territory before I became a Christian and I know what it does. A whole lot of people in, in the world try to mix together religion and uh, diabolic way of uh, living. They use that as power to terrorize, to intimidate people. That I am going in the name of the Lord. The Bible tells me yes. that I know the, the, the plans of the enemy. Says, For the devil has come there to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life, that they may have it more abundantly. I am not going alone. I, I feel so energized. I feel so excited. And I will tell the enemy when I get there, the first thing I will do, I will kiss the ground. And I say, Satan, get this. The boy, the, the son of God is in town. Pack your things and begin to leave. <laughs> Pack your things and begin to leave. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. So I'm ready by the power of God, not by my own power. But, but yeah, but, and and I, as much as I, like I, like I said, I support missions work. I believe in missions work. I, I all. I, you know, I am a person who sees things from both sides of the coins quite frequently. I can, to a certain degree, and you can tell me whether you agree or disagree, understand maybe the, um, not necessarily resistance, but the concern of the Native people in their own land and their own worship being questioned, um, you know, it does seem to be to be a delicate a, a delicate dance at best because to come in and say okay well the way you've been doing the way you, your beliefs are these are all going to be um, at the very least challenged and uh, with 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 the intent to change so I guess I'm looking at it from so from both sides of the coin I can see people feeling as though well be careful bringing so many of your Western ways home yes. especially you know yes um I, I really like the way you 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 narrate in the whole thing one of the things that the Lord has taught me 
recently. He said, remember you were born in Nigeria. You respect your elders. Your elders will always be respected. God is the God of the elders also, whether born again or not born again. So I'm going to, I am going to enter into Benin City with a mind of humility. For me to be able to bring people's souls to the kingdom of heaven, I have to humble myself and minister the word just like Jesus has commanded us to minister. Don't go and be telling people, oh, I want to teach you what you don't know. No, I'm going to learn from the people. And once I learn, I come home, do my homework, and I go out again doing evangelism, and I'll begin to learn more, and, be, and God begins to show it to me. So respect is one of the things I have to do to the elder. That is part of the culture in Nigeria. To read. I'm raised on showing respect. So when I go there, I have to be prepared for any eventuality. I know it's not going to be all rosy. There will be some people that the enemy will use to frustrate my, my demission. But the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about a little bit about the business of missions, because I think that's one of the things that we we sort of miss out on is that missions is necessary. It's all over the world, um, behind the scenes and in front of the scenes, doing a lot of great work, building, you know, digging wells, just doing all kinds of things. My son himself will be on a mission trip this summer in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a lot of planning that goes into it. Let's talk a little bit about the financing, like how are how. What does that look like, and um, how do people contribute? Yeah. Um, because of the years that I've uh, lived here in America, the Lord has been so gracious to me by giving me friends, including you, that I met at uh, uh, Central Presbyterian Church. What the Lord is teaching me now is to believe in him. It's not everything that I plan in my head, you know, rigorously to say this is the way it's going to be set up. First thing I want to know, Lord, are you the one talking to me that I should go to Nigeria? How am I going to get the finance? And the Lord told me, this is what he said. He said, I want you to write your testimony and give it, tell your church I have my, my, the church that I'm actually registered is in Silver Spring, uh, Maryland, and the name of the church is Bread of Life Bible Fellowship Incorporated. My pastor is there. He's ready to help me, to assist me financially, and also friends that I know that I'm getting words out to them. They say, yeah, we're ready to, it's about time you go home, you're getting, you're getting old. Says, that's okay. That, that's what you, don't, don't rub it, don't put it on me like that. So I'm looking at people, friends, relatives, those that know me are close range and those that know me from a distance. My faith is, I put my, the, the helmet of salvation, the faith that I have to say, Lord, you will meet my needs. You will supply my needs. I'm not going to be afraid because fear kills. Fear is a liar. Fear will bring all kinds of uh, um, words to you too. Oh, what if you fail? What if you don't get it? What are you going to do? Are you going to run back to America? No, I'm not running back. I'm a soldier of Christ. On my back, there is no cover, no, no helmet, like the Roman soldiers. A Roman soldier wear all the helmets in front. 
and it's the same thing with me. My front is covered, but my back is not. Because if you turn your back from your enemy, they will kill you. They will stab you on the back. But I'm going forward. Like the song says, onward Christian soldier fighting as to war. You know, I'm going forward. I'm not turning back. It doesn't matter the difficult. God is in control. God owns everything. He owns so, everything. I'm not afraid. No. So what I what I hear there, and it and it's not just for those of us, for our listeners and for myself included, it's not just for those who are going to missions. What I hear is a conviction that is to know that no matter what, no matter yes. what, we are all provided for. And when we can stand in that place and 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 embrace change, whatever that looks like in our life, because each and you're embarking on a huge change, right? Going to, so some will say, oh, it's not that hard. He's returning home, but a home that you've not been to in 41 years. Mm-hmm. You get, you know, you ask somebody to make a phone call to a family member they haven't talked to in four years and they're a little skittish, you know, and you say, okay, well, now you're going to go to a whole country that you haven't been to in 41 years. We can put it in perspective and we can all understand that this is a, this is a big move. But what I love and, and one of the reasons why I was really drawn to you, to, to your missions trip when you discussed this is that you've been you're so convicted that even if you don't have this financial structure, and I know somewhat of what it takes to put, you know, I know a little microcosm of it because my son is going on his first mission trip and it's been it's planning and planning and planning. And these are high school students who are doing it, but it's planning, it's expensive, and it's all to do this work for this other country, which is beautiful and we support it. But it is pricey. And what I hear you saying is that you're so convinced you have so much faith and that you believe and and beyond believing what I always say is there is a knowing which is beyond belief that that you know that you are covered and these things will be provided for even if the current day does not provide evidence of it I love that I absolutely love it that is what peace is for that is what peace is for is to say that I know like I know Yes. That the universe supports me. And in place of the word universe, you could put the word God, you could put anything that you want, life source, energy, anything that you want. But to know that you are supported in the doing of the work that provides for the people. Right. And so in, in your case, uh, Bishop, it has to do with ministering the word through yes. feeding the children and sheltering the children. Right. I love that. Yeah. For some of our yeah. listeners, your your work may be in some other form or format. But yeah. to know to know, I think the most important purpose of our conversation here today is to know that we all are charged to move beyond religion to relationship. Exactly. Right. And beyond religion to relationship, I I, I titled the show "Upon This Rock I Build," because mm-hmm. the building sure. of a thing. Yes. is our work to do. And I applaud you because you've decided, you know, so much has been given to you. The word of God says to whom much is given, much is required. So, so much has been given to you in this country. Uh, and my, my parents, I grew up here, my parents call United States the land of milk and honey. Right? <laughs> and as I'm talking, that this that like rang true. in my head, that the land of milk yeah. and honey. So, um, so much has been given to you in this country that now you... You you are full, and you are now going to serve to 
you know, having come to be served, you now leave to go do the serving. So, and missions is important. Financing is important. These things. So how, if people wanted to contribute to this missions trip, how would that happen? Okay, doctor. Um, they can make the mission to Bread of Life Bible Fellowship. And that's Bread of yeah, Life. Yeah, bread, mm-hmm. bread, you know, especially when it's freshly baked. You know, it's <laughs> soft, you know, the teacher, Bread of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 925, uh, Burtonsville, Maryland, 20868. And I'll I'll definitely put that on my social media as well, too, because Mm -hmm. I I think it's impressive when we have a a heart to to give on any capacity. I mean, we could do it here in this country or doing it in another country. The idea Mm -hmm. of the idea Mm -hmm. of giving back in any form of, of, of fashion is what exactly. makes this whole world go. It's all about relationship. And I challenge people right now in their day-to-day to look for that, to look for that balance yes. uh, where where there is giving and taking in their own life, where they are the giver. And, and then yes. where they can also turn around and see themselves as the taker. We're taking from something, we're giving from something. And so this this balance is so, so very important. So very important. So... Heading, heading back, heading back. You said you would not return. You, you're going forward, and and no, no moving backwards to the states. No turning back. No turning back. You know, okay. it says, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. And again, the song, the second song that says, the 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 wall behind me, the cross before me. Cross is my symbol. I want, there was a time a man, a God that came and became a man, died for me. He died on the cross. And that cross is where God demonstrated his power. Why should I turn my eyes away from him? My eyes are focused on the cross till the day I die. And I really enjoy, you know, talking about Jesus Christ. The people. God is not mad at anybody. People look at God. Oh, God is mad at you. That's why He gave you disease. No, it's not. God don't give disease or sickness or death. It is what we brought on ourselves, and where God has come to remove the curse, the thing of death, the curse of sickness from us, mm. and bring us to Him one day. And He does it. This is so important. This is, I think, the thing that I have this term um, called Earth Angels which is what we all are, right? We are all these earth angels. And for each of us provides blessing for another person in some form or fashion. Oftentimes, you don't even know when you've been a blessing or a help in someone's life. That's how great and how powerful each and every one of us has the ability to, to be. To, to be um, to be that blessing to someone if, if we so choose to live in this space space of peace and I say that because I wanted to piggyback on that term you said you know God is not mad at us and to really really know this is that even when it looks like things are not going your direction and that's quite possible yeah. we all have our physical eyes um, cannot yeah. really but to know that even that situation, if someone is um, 
in a situation that they wish they weren't in. That situation, you will be surprised. Mm-hmm. That, that very situation will be the thing that catapults you to where you are meant to be. Hold on and don't lose faith. Because in that moment, this is where we, um, the whole principle of everyday peace is knowing that whatever shows up in our life, the good, the bad, or the in-between, it's shown mm-hmm. up for one reason. And that reason is for it to bow down and serve us as we consciously and deliberately create the life of our dreams. And we do that through faith. You mentioned how you weren't turning back. And I don't know, these images just popped in my mind when they said Christopher <laughs> Columbus got to a certain place and he said he burned the boats. there'll be no returning and so we we, we, and and this is what I hear you saying too on your dream, on your passion on your trip of missions each and every one of us is on a missions trip whether we're here whether we're on our jobs, whether we're on our home, whether we're we're, wherever we are, that where you stand in that moment is your trip of missions, you are there to serve and you are there to be served, to take something from that environment to enhance your journey and to leave something there that enhances somebody else's journey. So I applaud you, Bishop. I applaud you. And it is my honor to have had you on, on um, Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James to, to share with us 41 years in our country, in the United States of America, and mm-hmm. then convicted so strongly to return home to your home country, but to a new part of, of Africa, not to Lagos, but to Bedin mm-hmm. City, mm-hmm. to to do mm-hmm. missions work. I am excited and delighted to have had the opportunity to have you on the show. Um, we are just about out of time. Is there if there is one word, just one word you want to leave with the people as you sojourn on your missions journey? What would that word be? Obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. You know, uh, someone someone once told me that obedience is how you say I love you (laughs) (laughs) to the Lord is through (laughs) obedience. So I I thank you. This is Everyday Peace for Dr. Drayvon James. I am super excited to have had you on our show. And to our listening audience, thank you for showing up today as an everyday peacemaker. I absolutely love you. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth, and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.